Hello, I'm Georgina Robinson. And I'm Tom Deason. Welcome to the Rugby World Cup Daily. Coming to you from Japan every day throughout the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Hello and welcome to the final Rugby World Cup Daily Podcast. The podcast lives on. We are back. <laughs> We're risen from the dead. Why are we back, G? Because Michael Checker quit as Wallabies coach on Sunday afternoon, October 20, 2019. Four years uh, since the last World Cup, five years ultimately in charge. 34 wins from 68 matches, two of those were draws. 23 wins from 52 since the last World Cup. And, you know, he said it, we talked about it last night on the podcast following Australia's quarterfinal defeat that... If he didn't uh, win the World Cup with Australia as well as his coach, he was born, and that is the case. Been confirmed today. Fairly uh, busy arvo for us, G. Uh, <laughs> so change. here's a hot tip. Anytime there's something big brewing, and you decide, and you and you've got a flight booked somewhere else, you can guarantee it'll happen once you leave. So I think there might have been two journalists still in Oita when Michael Checker, 21 hours I calculated after his media conference shenanigans about having his feelings hurt to be asked about um, when he'd actually quit as Wallaby's coach. He had a change of mood, a change of mind. Uh, and all of a sudden the journalists started getting uh, word of from from the wallabies you know we're going to do a media op here in oita who's around please come to, to this location no one was there we had people on trains to tokyo we were we had just landed in tokyo we uh, there was one who was going back to australia he was literally in transit uh and and there was also uh no information about who would be at the media opportunity and at that point uh, we messaged our editor at the newspaper and said Check is about to resign. And that was what, about 90 minutes before the print deadline? The yeah, Sydney good times, good times. A frantic uh, yeah, few hours with the desk in our cells, pulling together everything. But look, the crux of what uh, Michael said, obviously he just announced that he was departing. He's going to stick around until the end of the year for just, you know, because his contract purely does run out in December, but obviously won't stay on as Wallaby's coach. Uh, he talked about uh, the fact that he made the call and that he's a bit of a gambler and um, you know he put his name on the line and it's obviously the reality that he did have to stand down. He did say that he would actually like to continue with the team, but he wouldn't because he'd said what he'd said. Um, and I think it's worth pointing out uh, to all of you guys that there is no way that Michael Checker would have continued with the team even, even if he wanted to. The uh, CEO and board, I think, um, were about done and about ready for, you know, uh, the rebuild. So that just wouldn't have been possible. It would never have been an option for him. No, and keep in mind, Czech was bloody lucky to survive 2018. They won four games from 13. It was a dog's breakfast of a year, yet the board um, kept him on, as we discussed on the podcast last night. But it was very interesting when uh, he was asked about Scott Johnson coming on as a director of rugby, uh, and obviously that took a little bit of power away from Michael Checker, and he's a guy who likes to be controlling and likes to uh, be his own man, as he talks about, and uh, control the situation and have autonomy over, I suppose, a Wallaby setup. That was obviously what he had for three, four years before Scott Johnson came in, and obviously as a director of rugby, he sort of oversaw it a little bit more, but 
he talked about how it was very tough and he perhaps didn't uh, agree with necessarily, not agree with it, but just wasn't his thing. Um, and he said, uh, also, uh, I think it's no secret that I pretty much have got no relationship with the CEO, Braylon Castle, and not much with the chairman, Cameron Klein. Uh, Scott's a lovely bloke and I get on fine with him, but I'm not really into that type of thing. I like to take responsibility. Uh, I find it a little bit difficult at times, yeah, but it's tough because you can't always do it how you want. Uh, yeah, look, and let's, let's just fact check. Check. Um, Rugby Australia put the barest minimum checks and balances on Michael Checker's unchecked power within that organisation. They brought in a director of rugby, uh, installed him and Mick O'Connor as selectors, uh, and, um, and that was about it. And I think maybe put some budgetary constraints uh, around, around the spending uh, on the team and some of the kind of camps that, that they had planned, or I think changed um, due to budgetary reasons and a bit of a crackdown in that way. Um, I think, I think you know, that was Michael Checker's entitled to take a parting shot. I don't, you know, I think it's, it's my opinion, and I, I don't know this, but it's my opinion certainly that Raylene Castle uh, gritted her teeth through the last 12 months of Michael Checker. I do know for a fact that last year, um, from the get-go, all the way during the rugby championship, I think after that second Bledisloe Cup test, uh, that shellacking in New Zealand, um, the board were, the board and the CEO, Raylene Castle, were constantly saying to him, what do you need? You know, you tell us what we can give you and put around you um, to help you and help, help you make this team better. And I think for certainly one meeting, Michael Checker said, I don't need anything uh, and continued on. And it, and it got to a point, you travelled on that spring tour with them, those losses were bad. And, you know, that season panned out the way it did. Nine wins. Sorry, nine losses from 13 tests. Um, some record defeats. It got to the point where the board said, right, that's enough. We're going to do this. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Michael Checker had just had unfettered power um, for, for at least four of, his, four of his five years in charge. And and failed to deliver um, with all of that power. So um, he's entitled to have those cracks at, at his chairman and CEO on his way out. Um, but, uh, and, and I actually asked him, on, I was, you know, fired up WhatsApp, was put on speakerphone just to kind of try and be part of this hastily convened media conference on, on Sunday afternoon. And I asked him, um, why do you think I said, you know, given some of the highs you had with the team, the World Cup final in 2015, beating the All Blacks, why do you think overall you couldn't deliver? Uh, and he, he, just, he just didn't want to go into any of that. He said, well, I think, you know, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think, you know, I'm a 50, it's a 50-50 win rate. Uh, and I think that's about in line with Wallabies coaches over the years. Um, and but but apart from that, just didn't want to reflect on anything, and was certainly not in a mood to um, answer hard questions. Uh, he, he he wasn't aggressive at all, but he just um, basically deflected those sorts of those sorts of attempts to get to the bottom of why he thought he failed. Mm. 
uh, Rugby Australia released a statement um, which was for Raylene, but you can imagine that's uh, perhaps not entirely how she and other members of, of the organisation are feeling about Michael, basically saying that Scott Johnson will lead a review, um, quote, examine all aspects of the Wallabies program from coaching to physical preparation, player fitness and skill development. So an overhaul of sorts um, a few months now that the dust has settled on this World Cup to have a think about some things, a few new super rugby coaches perhaps coming in. Um, but the zinger of the day goes to one Quade Cooper, who could not help himself today. Uh, obviously, Hugo Monnier uh, was tweeting uh, just a bit of stuff about Checker and the news today. And Quaid said words to the effect of all I've got here, actually. If he actually cared about Australian rugby, he would have done it a while ago. Now, this is a guy who was under check at 2015 World Cup. Wasn't played, I don't think, since the Italy test in 2017, in June, the, the June series of 2017. On the outer at the Reds, obviously wasn't basically picked last year for any test because of that reason he was playing club footy as Brad Thorne didn't want him, didn't make the World Cup squad, uh, and gave Checker a big, don't let the door hit you on the way out uh, to finish off his uh, tenure as, as Wallabies coach. And uh, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see, I'm sure Quaid probably has a few players messaging him as well and saying, Nice. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. Like I think I think a lot of people in the Wallabies, a lot of guys in that Wallabies squad that lost last night have a owe a lot to Michael Checker and really feel that. You know, they really think that he made them uh, better players and really developed them. Um, and I so I don't, I don't think there's, I, but I also think that there's kind of some kind of um, disconnect with reality you know like so Checker talked a lot on when he when he said he was quitting immediately um, about that they tried everything that they'd done their best they put everything in and they came up short Mm. Um, and in a longer interview with you know that's perhaps done in person I would I would challenge that because Michael Checker refused offers of help and suggestions of different ways of doing things. When all evidence was pointing one way, and that was a switch up in coaching staff, uh, because what was happening wasn't working three consecutive years, and that the selections weren't working for three consecutive years, Michael Checker did nothing about that. Or he did nothing that was visible about that. He might have been trying to tweak things on the inside, uh, but nothing worked. So I'm not sure. Isn't doing everything and trying your hardest, searching more for answers and trying different people? Um, I don't know. I just feel like maybe Michael Checker isn't having an honest uh, look at the situation. That's my opinion. Um, so what to now? Opinion's cheap. And, and I also reckon that while a lot of players um, do, do sort of feel they have a debt of gratitude to him, there are a lot of players who won't. Um, it be interesting to see what sort of comes out um, in, the, in the coming days and weeks. What to now? I'll tell yeah. you what to now. I'm told that Raylene Castle is meeting a, a player agent in Tokyo this week who has a number of the top, top, top international coaches mm. on his books. Um, and one of those coaches is Dave Rennie. 
nine. Now, I don't want to sort of put two and two together and come up with seven, but I'm sure that, you know, what's Dave doing in, you know, in eight months' time um, when he comes off contract with Glasgow will be one of the topics of conversation and maybe this agent will have other... Um, other top coaches in mind. I'm, 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 I'm told that New Zealand are actually, you know, perhaps not quite ready to let Dave Reddy coach the Wallabies. Maybe they'll make a play for him. Um, and but, but I think the reality there is that New Zealand rugby only has so many positions um, for coaches, and it probably has more coaches than top positions. So. Um, We'll see about that and the way the All Blacks are playing at the moment I dare say they'll be promoting Ian Foster from within not you know casting around for external candidates so watch that space uh, Raylene Carson said there wouldn't be an announcement until about Christmas and um, but but certainly everyone in the, in the northern hemisphere seems to think that there might have been a handshake agreement or a nod and a wink between Scott Johnson and Dave, Dave Rennie they met in November last year mm. um, and uh, and I think they've been keeping in touch ever since. So I still think Rennie looks like the uh, most likely option. Mm. Yes, a seriously busy day. Busy day. I'm going to try and get off to... Day. We're in the airport still. Yeah. yeah sorry and your for day's the... not over. No, I'm going to head off to South Africa, Japan. Uh, so we'll have some wash up from that tomorrow. But yeah, a big spread today of uh, tomorrow's paper. Today's tomorrow, Monday. Monday's paper. Monday's paper. I think they've gone three pages of rugby. So very Great. big and large and... Everything more colour analysis. Um, Greg Groudon's back, Ruck and Maul. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, so lots to devour if you've uh, got over the results if you're a Wallabies fan. Uh, and planning for 2023, I know that sounds silly, but we're always looking forward, aren't we? So, uh, yeah. Lots to talk about. I don't know that we'll have a pod tomorrow, but you know, we've, um, we've <laughs> actually, you guys have been awesome. Had so much feedback uh, today in particular and lots of, lots of appeals for us to keep the pod going in one form or another. So we might have a think about that and we'll see if our... Waratahs uh, pre-season, telling you, it's going to be there. <laughs> um, anyway, but we'll probably come to you tomorrow again because there's so much happening. So stay tuned. Get on rugbyheaven.com.au, read all about it. And um, up the brave blossoms on Sunday night. No, Rassie's there though, my man. Rassie, I love Rassie. Man, that's <laughs> uh, see you guys and sayonara. Maybe for the final time. Sayonara. Tommy, why don't you just like go sit in the corner for a little while? Compose yourself. Seriously. All right. And go Michael Checker a big don't hit the yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>